Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello friends, welcome back. Happy 2021. <sighs> How are you doing? Um, I'm sure for many of us, it's a very different feel <laughs> the start of this new year to how there was at the start of 2020. Um, but I hope that you are, that you're doing good, that you've had a good festive period if you're, if you're celebrating and yeah, that you're just, you're doing okay. Um, regular listeners will know I love the idea of okay. I think it's uh, much less pressure and just this idea of being just content um, for myself personally, I had a quiet, relaxed, um, but really enjoyable festive period, um, a chance to kind of reflect on the year and to think about going forward. So I I reflected, I chose my 20 things from 2020, so top kind of 20 things that I had achieved or done or that had happened, which was a really nice activity to do to kind of think back on the year and try to pull some some positives out of it. And then as I've as I've mentioned before, I don't set New Year's resolutions. Um, I start from asking myself a question. Um, I'm sticking with my what happens if I don't give up and what happens if I stop worrying what people think because that's one of my big ones. And I then have set myself some goals um, that just hold loosely to kind of focus me. So not being too overly attached to the goals, to the outcome, but just otherwise I, I can be quite unfocused. So something to um, to focus my attention. And I've got a couple of professional goals in, in that kind of space and then personal ones. And actually my personal ones, I didn't think about this as I was writing them, but they are all in the kind of health, fitness and well-being space. So <laughs> that's obviously what my year is uh, is looking like. Um, so it was just quite funny to uh, to kind of pick up. So I guess before we dive into a whole new year on the podcast, um, and we're going to be hitting our 100th episode soon, which is very exciting. And we've just hit a new milestone for listeners, actually. So super, super exciting. The podcast was definitely one of my things on my list of 20 things. Um, but for yourself, before we before we dive in, if you haven't already taken a moment to reflect on last year and to think about what your hopes are for this new year, then may, maybe this is a, a chance to do so. It doesn't have to be rigid, but just having having something I guess to 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 focus on and think about personally I find helpful and, and for yourself maybe so as well and we are starting this year with an amazing episode um so we recorded this whew, a few months ago it was as I was talking about having some time off um, and possibly decluttering and I did do some decluttering actually um but Ah, post-Christmas, definitely need to do some more. But we are joined from Ingrid, who is one half of the Declutter Hub with Leslie, and, and she mentions what that's all about. Um, so this is 
just such um, a great conversation about one decluttering but I think also the real emotional and mindset side of the stuff that we have around us um so even if you you know you're looking at around wherever you're listening to this now if you're if you're at home listening to this thinking I don't need to declutter um there's still I think some really fantastic messages in this from Ingrid so let's just dive into that conversation shall we Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Ingrid, to the podcast. So, Ingrid, welcome, and if you could introduce yourself to us. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I really appreciate um, being here on this podcast. And my name is Ingrid Janssen. I am a professional declutterer and organizer, and I have been, gosh, going for just over 10 years now. And I recently realized I've done over 1,000 decluttering projects. (laughs) So um, maybe that shows you I really, really love my job. And besides running my own business, um, Organize Your House in Southeast London, I also run an online decluttering membership with my great friend and fellow professional organizer, Leslie. And together we have set up the Declutter Hub. And um, we absolutely love helping people online decluttering their homes awesome thank you so much for joining us Ingrid and this is something very funnily uh, that on uh, the episode podcast that just came out I was talking as I often do about the need to declutter because I am not I'm like the opposite probably of you I'm not I'm I'm very organized uh, in myself and the stuff I do but I collect like chaos around me uh, stuff around and decluttering is something that I always need to do or kind of think about doing but can never bring myself to or really struggle with so I'm yeah super excited to talk to you and hopefully get some uh, top tips to help me sort my house out um, but I guess my first question is how you got into being a professional organizer um, well I think I've always been very very organized I think my friend Sarah always makes a joke. She said, Ingrid, you came out of the womb organized, I think, because it's just, it's in, it's almost in my DNA. I, my mother was, is very organized as well. And I think I just naturally took over all of those kind of habits and, and yeah, for me, it's, it's absolutely normal. And I never realized how organized I was until other people said to me, you need to help other people get more organized because you're so good at it. And I went, oh, wow, I had never even thought about it that way. And that's how I rolled into it. And that's how I, um, when I moved here to the UK 12 years ago, I set up my business and then I um, became a member of the Association of Professional Declutters and Organizers. So there's an association of people around the UK and around the world, actually. And I met lots of other people who are organizers as well. And that's where I met Leslie. She was also a part of the membership. And then I became president of the association and she was in my board and we became great friends. And then um, after four years of being the president, um, I stepped down and she said, Ingrid, I always loved working with you so much. Can we not do something together? And that's when we thought, what shall we do, you know? And that's how we ended up setting up the Declutter Hub and setting up the membership and starting a podcast and doing a group. And it's kind of grown exponentially over the last uh, two years. And, you know, I just, I love everything about it. Awesome. And 
and I did not know there was an association. <laughs> and uh, before we kind of go further into Declutter Hub and, and what that's all about, I wonder if you could uh, explain what the difference is between the, the kind of organizing side and the decluttering side, because they're kind of two terms that maybe people like, throw around interchangeably, but yeah, I don't really know what they mean. So people listening probably don't really know. So if you could uh, enlighten us, that'd be fab. I love this question from you because um, it's so interesting. Indeed, a lot of people mix up decluttering, organizing, and tidying. So people think that if they tidy their house, that you declutter and organize it. But they're actually three completely different things. So what I always say, you st- if you have a lot of stuff in your house or in maybe not even a lot of stuff, but the stuff kind of, you think, oh my gosh, it's just too much. You start with decluttering and you start to find out what of the stuff that I have, what do I want to keep? I try not to go, what do you want to get rid of or what needs to leave this house? No, to turn it around, what actually is important and what would you like to keep? And once you know that, then you know what can go and what, can, what you can let go from your house. Once you've decluttered, then you're going to start the organizing. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it very black and white here. Of course, once you declutter, you always have a bit of organizing at the same time. But if you look at it time-wise, you start with the decluttering, then you start with the organizing. Where does this stuff live in my house? Where can I find it? And what kind of boxes or baskets do I need to make sure that if I put it in a cupboard, I can find it again? So organizing is all about the place where it lives, and how it lives there. And then once you've done that, then you start with the tidying. Because what a lot of people do, they start with tidying. They started with, I'm going to put stuff away in cupboards so my house looks tidy and neat. The problem is that the cupboards are full and in the cupboards live stuff that shouldn't live there or live stuff that you maybe no longer need or want or use. So then if you just tidy up all the time, your house might look very neat and tidy, but when you open the door of a cupboard, everything starts to fall out. So they are indeed three very different things that you need to do. And to have success with tidying, it's important that you know that you do the decluttering and the organizing first. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I am yeah, definitely at the (laughs) the decluttering stage. It's definitely where I'm at. Um, and actually, something that popped into my head, and sort of maybe off on a, a little tangent, maybe this is a, a myth or a misconception, but I've got a lot of stuff, particularly books. I love books. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have got stuff that I maybe don't want to get rid of, I don't want to keep, and that I want to get rid of. But when you get to the organizing, is there such a thing as your house not being big enough for the amount of stuff? Or is that kind of a a kind of misconception that if you organize it well enough, it doesn't matter how big your house is. Because sometimes I think my house is just not big enough <laughs> for it. Yeah. I, I love that question again. Um, it's, that is very, very interesting because for me, your house is big enough, you have too much stuff. Your house is actually how your house should be. So if you have if your cupboards are overflowing and there's too much stuff, there's too much stuff. I mean, you can't keep organizing and organizing because at some point you can keep putting baskets and drawers and shelves and cupboards and Ikea Calyx units and you can build it up to your, to your ceiling. But at some point you're going to run out of space. So 
I think it's really important to realize that probably if your house looks really full, it's not because your house is too small, but there's too much stuff for the space to hold. There's compromises everywhere. And I think it's about what we teach people in, in our membership. It's that there's no such thing of having everything perfect. You have to compromise at some point. You can't keep hold of everything, but it's having to trust yourself to find out what is actually important to me and what makes me happy and what am I going to read again? Now, if you love your books, Hannah, books might not be the first thing you want to declutter. That has to go later on the list. And the thing is, we are always drawn to trying to declutter something that's really hard. And what we teach in our membership is you have to start somewhere that is not so difficult because you need to build up your decluttering muscle. We call it a decluttering muscle. It's the same as trying to, um, I don't know, I'm running. People say, okay, I want to start running. You're not going to start by running 10K. You're going to start by, let me try and walk around the block here first. And you gradually and slowly build it up. And it's the same with decluttering. You start somewhere easy, you start small, and you grow into that project. A lot of times a kitchen can be easier for people and they do books much later in the project because books is is a tricky category to organize and declutter for sure. Mm. Yeah, because I, I guess books, clothes, I imagine is another one that's up there and uh, things that have got like a really strong emotional attachment. And maybe that's your kitchen if it's something that's really important to you. But thinking about when I think, oh, I'm going to sort out stuff, the rooms I go to first are usually like the kitchen and the bathroom because they're... <laughs> fairly easy yeah um and it's possibly more a case of tidying um yeah and a bit yeah a little bit of a, de- a declutter so you mentioned the membership we mentioned it a couple of times so i wonder if we could talk about that a little bit and uh, find out what declutter hub is all about so basically um people who feel really overwhelmed don't know where to start want support and motivation those are the people that join our membership because, of course, you know, we can all print off a checklist of, of the internet. You know, can, we can watch a YouTube video on how to maybe um, sort out uh, your mugs. But people want to have support and motivation from other people who are going through the same thing. And Leslie and I help and motivate and support them. And we have a whole system that we use and where we say, okay, this is where you start. This is what you do next. This is why it could be hard. These are the emotions that are involved. These are the decluttering questions you need to ask yourself. These are the organizing solutions that are out there. And we help them on their way. And that, I think, is so satisfying to see people really grow. And the interesting thing is that we've got a monthly membership. So people can join for a month. But most of our members join for a year because if you want to do your house from start to finish and really change your mindset, then it takes time. And decluttering a kitchen cupboard is something that we can teach you easily, but it's all about changing the mindset about what do I find important in my life? How do I shop? What do I buy? Why do I feel I need to have five of everything while two is plenty? Um, why have I got so many of everything while the shops are open 24-7 nearly? Why do I find it so hard to let go? And also, 
Indeed, you're so right with what you just said. Sentimental items are the hardest category to declutter. Some people find books really easy and they go, you know what? I'm not going to start with my kitchen. I'm going to start with my books because I find it really easy. While others go, you know what? Clothes, I'm fine. You know, just not, not difficult for me. While other members say, oh, wow, clothes. No, that's, that's way down the list. And that's why we've got all these different courses about each part of your home so you can pick out the order yourself, or we can take you on a complete guided system and go, right, now you look here and then you do this and then you do that. And then you go to that room and we have a whole step-by-step program. So people can decide themselves how they want to learn. We've got quick wins where people go, okay, I just want to do a small project this weekend, or, Hey, I've got a day time this weekend and I want to devote a large chunk of my Saturday or my Sunday to a bigger part of my wardrobe or of the living room or in my hallway cupboard or wherever it is so people can really themselves decide the road they're going to take and we guide them along and members support each other in our forum and that's really fantastic because they go you know you've got a cheerleaders you got people go hey great job oh my gosh that looks amazing i love you before and after photos and because it's all in our own internal forum nobody can see so it's a really safe space to share that information yeah, amazing. And it, and you've got really great components of that sort of supporting, like handholding that you and Leslie are doing and that peer support, which is really powerful. And, and you know, that process, I guess, to, to sort of uh, tackle it. Um, and I wonder, this is maybe going back to more the, the in-person organizing uh, that you've done before, but yeah, because I often, if I have friends come around and I often say, excuse the mess, um, it's like my default, like... <laughs> And, you know, I have some friends who are, you know, maybe more organized or quite into, not professionally, but into decluttering. And even that sometimes I'm like, oh, don't know. Do you have lots of people who have a real sense of shame around their stuff and that, that barrier of kind of wanting help because they want to sort it, but feeling a load of complicated emotions about accepting that help and kind of exposing their clutter to you? Yes, 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 and yes on all of your questions. Um, Yes, there is loads and loads of shame because people feel that a house is something they need to be able to do. But actually decluttering and organizing a house and keeping it all in motion and, and having it look decent most of the time is a lot of work. And people are trying to juggle so many balls all the time that you know, it's hard and it's, it, it always sounds like, oh, you just, you know, do a lot of laundry and you wash it up a little bit, but there's a lot more to it than that. And if, if people have been kind of like, oh, you can't do it, you can't keep your house tight. There's a lot of negative thought and self-talk and then their house gets messier and then they feel more ashamed to let people in and then it's a vicious circle they go into. And what we say is like, but you can do it and we're going to teach you how and we're going to explain it to you and we're going to support you and we're going to get you there. And it's the same why people, why I've worked with clients for 10 years as well. And there comes a point they're like, you know what, I really need help. And I want somebody here to help me. And because Leslie and I both had so many inquiries all the time, that's why we decided to go online because we thought we can't help all the people that reach out to us. We have to bring this into an online um, world as well. So that people who don't live to where we are can still 
kind of hire us and, and have our help there. Mm-hmm. But it's mainly people hire a professional organizer because they find it so difficult to do it with either family or friends because they are embarrassed mm-hmm. and because they feel judged and because they, they think that their friends are going to judge them for having an untidy house, especially if it's been, you know, uh, cluttered for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we're both always very realistic. You know, we, we do not have a magic wand in our bag, you know, that we in three hours time can remove clutter that's been there for 10 or 12 years. It, it, it's a process and it takes time. Mm-hmm. And because you, you start working together, you see their resolve just grow and they're, so, they're getting so much happier. And they're like, hey, I can do this. This is amazing. I'm going to try this now because I did that really well. And their confidence grows mm. to make those decisions. Well, in the beginning, a lot of them are very diff- um, afraid to make a decision, afraid they make the wrong decision because maybe once they've thrown out something that later they need it. Mm. But I always say, life is not perfect. You know, you have to, you know, we will make a mistake. Something will go that you might regret later. But if there's a hundred items that are going to leave this house, if you regret maybe one item, 99 items have left, which is fantastic. And of course, that's why we never put pressure on people and force them to throw stuff out. We take our time. Mm -hmm. And if you are in doubt about something, You need to keep it. Of course, you can't go with every item. Oh, I'm not sure on the, on the, I'm not sure pile. And the next one, I'm not sure. You have to follow your gut feeling as well, because there are decisions that you can take, but every once in a while, if you come across, I think, Oh, I need to think about this a little bit longer, put it to the side. And if at the end of the session or at the end of your, even if it's at the end of your 10 minutes that you're doing, you're still like, "Mm, I'm not sure. Keep it. You, by by doing it and being giving yourself permission to let some items go, the next time you might go, okay, I I wasn't sure last time, but actually I'm now sure I'm going to keep it. Or you know what? It hasn't even crossed my mind anymore. Actually, I can let it go. That's something I've heard with um, maybe decluttering or kind of minimal living. That idea of you know you just pull this stuff in a bag and put it out of sight for six months. And if you've not missed it, then, you know, Um, but I've, I've uh, done this sort of uh, rushed decluttering uh, when I moved before and I got rid of some books that then quite often have those pangs of, Oh, I had like a whole set, one of my favorite authors. And I was like, Oh, it's fine. I've read them. But because, and I think it's because I'd rushed and I hadn't taken that time to process and think, well, do I really want this? this thing and then I kept hold of some books that I hadn't read I still haven't read I might yeah. not ever read yeah. um and got rid of those ones that actually were really important so yeah I think that's um yeah a really important point to yeah, have that I think it's it's important to think your decisions through but I think Hannah if you want to get that complete set again if it's still on your mind you know maybe even two years I don't know how long ago you moved but even if it's oh. two years ago <laughs> you can make that set complete again if you really want yeah. to it's like if, seven years ago. <laughs> if it's still on your mind and it's your favorite author, maybe that's your Christmas present or your birthday present or something. You, think, you know what? Actually, that was important to me. And I made a mistake. Fine. You made a mistake. That's okay. It can happen. We, 
again, we can't do everything perfectly. Ask for it again. And maybe that's the thing that really makes you happy. And by all means, keep it. A lot of people think that because I'm a professional organizer, I A, have nothing in my house, and B, <laughs> I pull up with a skip every time I show up somewhere. Well, I can tell you both are not true. <laughs> I mean, I would love it if someone, you know, turned up in my house with a skip because part of my thing, I think, is that I, I can kind of feel the weight of stuff, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. If I've got, like, I want to kind of clear it out, but partly it's the emotional uh you know untangling everything also it's the logistics if if i get all this stuff that i have to get rid of what do i do with it and partly i i like if there was just a skip i'm gonna just like go i don't want this take it mm-hmm. actually <laughs> so it's, that would make it an easier process for me so um i don't know uh, maybe maybe you think that i i, I want to <laughs> challenge that because i think um it is better to do it gradually because you will have much more success in the long in the long term because you have to feel those emotions you have to feel and find out by decluttering it and not doing it in a rush because that's how you find out why am i so emotionally attached to this why is it so important and go through all of those emotions and ask yourself those questions why do I feel guilty? Why, why, why am I hanging on to this? Well, it doesn't mean anything to me. And only by going through that, then you find out really what's important to you and that needs to stay in your house. And then you will start to make decisions, better decisions for the future of the stuff you allow to come into your home. Because, oh, I don't know. I mean, of course, if you know, if you have, if you would have like a, a, a shed or a garage with lots of broken stuff and yes, by all means get a skip. But I think I really believe as well. And, and I know Leslie does as well. Uh, we believe very much in recycling and in donating and letting free cycling or freegling or giving it away to other people because stuff can have so much more life in it. And I think if you know where to donate and how to donate and you see other people, you can make other people happy. It's so satisfying. And the whole decluttering process just makes, starts to make so much more sense. I think when you have that satisfaction of seeing other people going, Oh, I'm so happy with this. This is amazing. I love this. Or, you know, that your favorite charity is going to make a little bit of money from your product so they can support that important charity to you longer yeah we get the um and i've donated a lot of clothes and some books <laughs> for the years. and we'll get the uh, the gift aid thing like this is how much you've raised yeah, which is always surprising but also yeah to your point about um donating i've got a pair of jeans that i bought last christmas because i was going to a fancy dress party and it was i needed sort of, sort of western theme and so they're kind of flare jeans they were like three pound fifty my favorite jeans now uh they're so comfortable and then someone had obviously gone i don't wear this anymore i don't want them a couple of quid and they're amazing i love them yeah it, it's it's so good you know and you know what i think the feeling and the and i saw your eyes sparkle when you were telling me this that's the feeling that you need to have with your stuff you know the I love them. I love this. I wear this. I use it. I love looking at it instead of, oh, all this stuff here. Every cupboard that I open, there's loads of random bits in there that I don't know what I'm going to do with them. It's finding those treasures and giving the space 
to the stuff that means something to you. And a lot of people ask me, but Ingrid, so-and-so gave this to me and I can't declutter it. And I'm like, if somebody gifts you something, they hand over the control over that item. It's up to you to then decide with it what you want to do. You don't need to keep something in your house just because your aunt or your friend or somebody gave it to you. They gave it to you. If they gave it to you with all these obligations that you have to keep it and display it, then it's not really a gift, is it? Mm. We can't hold on to all these items. And I think for me personally, I mean, I've got a really nice story. I worked with a client many, many years ago and she said to me, Ingrid, I, I, need, my, I need help decluttering my house. Everything that we find of my dad, I want to keep. And I went, okay, because she said, my dad passed away. I've got nothing from him. So everything I find, I want to keep. So we started slowly, but surely going through her house in phases, not all in one day in phases, a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there. And we started collecting all this stuff from her dad in this drawer. And at one point, this gigantic drawer could not close anymore. And I said to her, are you ready to go through these items. She said, I'm not ready yet. I said, it's fine. Let's leave it because it's sentimental. I just will leave it. Let's then tidy up the cupboard a little bit so it can close properly again. And we don't damage anything in there. We'll do some more work in your house and let me know when you're ready to do these items. And at one point she said, I think I'm ready now. And she said, I couldn't believe how much stuff I had from my dad we, because it came from everywhere, but because it was scattered all over her house in her own mind, there was nothing left of him. So the one thing she found occasionally, she was cling on, clinging on to dear life because she thought that's the only thing I have left. But when we put it all together, we found out there was much more than she thought. And then she could organize, then we could declutter it and organize it. And she kept the best of the best. We put a photo of her dad with the queen in, in a frame and we put it on display and it was like the best thing ever. And that's about finding the treasures, you know, and all the other bits. She said, you know what? I don't need some notes of his trip to a work trip that he did 40 years ago. It's not important. His picture with the queen, his medals from the second world war, his, his lovely picture of him and me when I was young. Those are the bits that are important. Yeah. Cause I, I guess when everything's sort of hidden away, you it's, it's kind of out of sight out of mind so you you're thinking that it's not there or I don't have it and then you find it and I always find that I um something I've talked about on the podcast before is with um I've had cycles of depression before and so when I'm depressed housework laundry goes out the window and I have my floor drobe um and then I actually at the beginning of lockdown sorted out my floor drobe I kind of reorganized my clothes I donated some and um and I was like, I have got a lot of like t-shirts because <laughs> like, I've got a lot of leggings because, you know, when, when they're not in sight, you're like, oh, I need some more. And then yeah. suddenly you're like, I don't need 10 pairs of leggings. And then some of them have got holes in. And then like, so yeah, by bringing it all together. Um, I have a, a, a question. I've got a couple of questions before um, we dive into my set questions. And one uh, you mentioned before about, uh, so some people are kind of collect clutter maybe and some people just aren't really and my partner is not he doesn't have much stuff and he is the one that says to me sometimes well if you just do little enough you wouldn't get in this this situation and and 
Yeah, I wonder whether you have uh, people in your membership, people you work with, who have that real uh, difference and maybe that kind of clash in their partnerships where one person has lots of stuff and one person doesn't and they maybe can't see eye eye to eye about it. Yeah, for sure. And I see that with my clients as well. Um, Sometimes it is just because the house is just chaotic and it's nobody's sure anymore whose stuff it is actually that happens as well or it's the kids it's my husband and then they actually and I and I go okay but whose is this and who's this? oh that's mine and that's mine and that's mine so I always say if you're going to start decluttering start with your own stuff so if you're for example feel like okay I want to do something I, I need to take action here I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore don't go you need to do stuff and you need to do so. No, start with yourself. Start with your own clothes. Start with your own paperwork. Start with your own books. And what you see as soon as you yourself start to do a little bit now and again, I'm not talking about hours every day because that's what other people do. They let it build up and then they go, right, this weekend I'm going to tackle everything. And after a day and a half, they can completely burn themselves out and then they can't face it for another six months. So what we say, no, you have to do a little bit every day and you have to start really, really, really small. Even saying, because I need to sort out my whole house. No, let's start with a room. And within the room, let's start with the wardrobe. And within the wardrobe, let's start on one section. And that's how small we're talking about breaking, breaking it down. And when you have a little bit of success, you're going to go, oh, wow, there was 12 leggings and three had holes and one was too small and the other one is the wrong color. Ooh, that was really well. And then you start to build on that success. And when suddenly what you see is that people around you go, oh, I like what she's doing. And they first they don't do anything. They kind of observe and they kind of look and they go, is this a fad or is this actually happening? Is this really happening? But I've, I've heard, I've had clients of mine who say, you know, my husband will never, ever declutter anything. And then suddenly I would come, come uh, around and they would say, there's a bag with books in the, in the corridor. He actually put a bag of books outside his office to, to declutter. And it doesn't matter that it's only five books. It's the whole idea that little seed is planted they see, they see space appear around them. And then everybody, you know, you know when, when moms say, okay, well, my kids don't do anything. Well, no, because you are not setting the right example. You have to also start the work. And then you can go, let me help you. I'm going to show you how. Let's work together. You can't say to a child, tidy up your room if they don't know what that means. You have to do it with them. And so go, let's put your books together. Let's put your clothes together. Can you try on this trouser for me and see if, still, if it still fits? Hey, there's a toy here that you got, but you're, you're, you're 12 now. And this toy you got when you were six, actually, do you want to keep this toy? Or shall we find some toys that actually really go with your age and all of those things? And then you can start to build on all those successes. And that's amazing to see. I think that's really um, key involving children in that process. It kind of links to my my next question, because I always remember uh, I must have been about 10, 11, something like that. Uh, Lots of clutter even then. Uh, We went on holiday and uh, our grandparents came around to feed the cats. And my grandma 
obviously decided that she would tidy my room and kind of organize it. And I came back and I'm a bit funny anyway about people touching my stuff, to be honest, but I came back and it was, it was tidy. It was organized, but it wasn't my way of doing it. And it really just unsettled me. Um, and I guess it, it ties into my question about the, the kind of emotional attachment to our stuff and the emotional side of the decluttering process. I wonder if you could talk around that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting that you share this story with me because that's what I hear a lot. Something has happened why people hang on to items. It's either because their mom or dad threw out their toys when they were young without their permission. And they now have the sense, I need to keep everything because before you know it, somebody throws it away or they came from a very strict home where everything had to be pristine all the time. And they were not allowed to have one shrap of any clutter anywhere. So they're now like, this is my house. I'm going to do it as well. How I want it. So there's loads of emotion involved in dealing with clutter and the relationship with stuff. And, you know, some people might have a lot of clutter because they never had a lot when they were growing up and now they have the money to afford it and they just want to buy it because they feel safe with their items. And it's all about finding that balance and my clients always, you know, a lot of, when they start to work with me, they're like, Ingrid, just show me your system. I want my house. It's your house. You're an organizer. And I'm like, but my house is not your house. And my life is not your life. We need to build something in your house that works for you and where it makes sense for you to put it. And I had some, one of the members actually said to me, she said, Ingrid, we, we, we had, we have like live Q and A's every two weeks where we, take an hour, an hour and a half, and we talk live with our members every two weeks and they can ask us questions and we answer the questions um, on the live. And somebody said to me, you said on the live, you need to find a home for things where you're going to look for it because then you can find it again. Because what happens if you put it down somewhere, you can't find it again, so you end up buying it again and again and again and again stuff needs to have a home but of course to create homes you have to make a little bit more mess and empty a cupboard and that's always a little bit frightening because if we you know if you go okay let's empty this cupboard oh you know sometimes people have stuff has to live temporarily on a, on a space somewhere because it hasn't found the final destination yet and that's why decluttering is a cycle. You can't say, I'm going to declutter once and I never have to declutter again. I'm a professional organizer. I declutter all the time because we buy stuff. The kids outgrow stuff. Something breaks that needs to go, but it's that movement of items. Something comes in, something has to leave. If more comes in than you have space for, then you're going to end up having an overflow and it doesn't fit in cupboards anymore. So then more has to go out, then that's coming in till you find that balance until you're like, okay, I actually can find everything. This is amazing. And that's when the, the pennies really start to drop and they're going to go, oh, I know where this is. And yes, of course, you need to have five pairs of scissors in your house because you want to have scissors in the kitchen and you want to have scissors in your home office and you want to have scissors in your bathroom. So it's not like you can have one of everything, but you don't need four hoovers, for example, you know, one is probably enough. 
you don't have to hold on to the old one in case the new one that you bought maybe breaks and you go, you're not going to go back to the old one that you decluttered and you bought the new one for. Yeah, I think the, um, that, that idea of one in something out is something particularly with books they need to think about. And also, um, you can't see, luckily, <laughs> my desk, <laughs> um, but I have a lot of pens. And so they've sort of migrated to my desks. They're on one area, but I like... I tend to use just the same one. Actually, this is my current one, but I tend to have like one pen at a time yeah. unless I need like highlighters. But I've got a ton of like pretty much any kind of pen you might want here that don't get touched. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. maybe an area to start. Um, I mean, I could keep uh, picking your brains about decluttering all day, but I have some set questions I'd love to of hear course. your thoughts on. Of course. Yeah. So my first one is what always brings you joy? Oh, well, in my personal life, um, I, singing really brings me joy. I, I'm, I'm part of a choir called Rock Choir, and um, that really lifts my spirit. And for that hour and a half when we have that rehearsal every week, I just can't think of anything else. And I don't worry about anything else. Even, you know, life is busy, but when I sing, I'm like trying to get the notes out. And, and just singing with a group of people is just so uplifting. And I think it's really important that, especially if you've got a very busy life, that you find something that you really enjoy doing because it just takes your mind off. Mm. Yeah. And how are you finding it with, um, with lockdown and everything? Are you doing kind of virtual rock choirs or? Uh, yes, definitely. Because uh, we can't, of course, uh, get together at the moment at all. So it's very sad. So we're, we're doing a virtual choir on Zoom. But of course, the sound off, because when you try to sing together with 100 people, with all the delays in Wi-Fi, it's, it sounds horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's maybe fun as well, because there's, and, and I know for me, I love singing to myself, but there's that, for often for some of us, that kind of anxiety of singing in front of other people and the judgment. But if it's going to sound bad anyway, because it's on Zoom, it's kind of kind of fun <laughs> I, you know what and that's i think what's so nice about rock choir you don't need uh, to read notes you don't need to do an audition you just sit in a room with 100 other people and if you do, if even if you sing badly it doesn't matter because there's other other 100 people as well so and i think that but it's just so nice to have friends and to have a laugh and to work on something together and when when you've rehearsed it and then the final thing comes out and it sounds really good it's like yes this is amazing it's uh, something that I've looked into before and then I'd sort of forgotten about. And as often happens, I ask people and they come up with things and then it kind of makes me go, oh yeah, I, I really love that. And I thought about that. So I've just written rock quiet down to check out again. So thank you for that. You're um, welcome. My next question is what makes life meaningful for you? Oh, I, I, I thought about your questions a while and I think what it makes it meaningful for me. And I, I just, is that I'm helping others. And I, you know, I thought, you know, maybe in the beginning, you think, you know, is this, this whole organizing and, and decluttering, is it for me? And I'm, I'm doing this for 10 years and I'm, I'm going to do this until I can no longer move. I love it so much because I can see how my help brings people just happiness and peace of mind. And I get texts from clients and members. We sleep so much better because we've decluttered a bedroom and there's no more clutter and I'm so much more calmer. Um, people feel they can make better decisions because a lot of clutter in, around you makes a really cluttered brain. And if there's less clutter around, people feel like 
oh, I, I feel like I can make better decisions and the decluttering gets easier and I feel more certain about what I'm doing. And because of course they make better decisions, the decluttering goes better. So it's that whole positive cycle of helping people to a better place. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I, I, I can do that. I'm really, I'm, I feel privileged to help people in their journeys to, yeah. to less clutter. And I'm not advocating minimalism at all. I mean, if you're a minimalist, yay you, great. But a lot of people aren't. And that's not what this is about. It's about being able to enjoy your life and create time for the stuff that's important to you. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and the, the sort of the, um, I don't know, brain, brain fog from stuff or, yeah. uh, you know, and it's something that, that uh, when I mentioned it in the, the podcast that, uh, this week, I can feel the weight of the stuff, obviously not literally because I'm holding it, but I can, I can feel it. And, and that might be when people thinking, Oh, I need to, I need to do something is when it's having that impact. Even it's not that I'm looking for something. I can't find it. I can just feel the stuff and yeah. And feel the yeah. space and, and feel the stuff needs to be able to breathe. Yeah. You know, it should be easy to get something out. You shouldn't, I mean, unless it's like your suitcases that you use once a year. Okay. That can be kind of like, okay, I need to move five things to get the suitcases out. You know, that's a bit of a chore, but most of your stuff needs to be able to easily be in drawers and on hangers. And so you don't have to work hard to get something out and get it something back in because then it takes so much energy. Mm. It, you know, you need to be able to open a company and go, ah, I need this and get it. And that doesn't mean it all has to be perfectly organized in those cupboards. But as long as you know it's in that box, that's where it is. I can take that box, lift it out, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the next thing. And I think then you start to save so much energy on that you can spend otherwise. And time, time, massive amount of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my next question, my next two questions are around our kind of overarching topic on the podcast, which is mm -hmm. mental well-being. So first question is, what does mental wellness mean to you? Oh, I think it's just being happy with yourself and being happy in your space and in your home and just feeling calm and that doesn't mean you can't be busy or you can't occasionally you know of course we have all have a busy day you know and are sometimes stressed out when something doesn't work like we wanted to but just kind of going okay you know this is this is i feel happy in my house this is the place where i need to be at this time and here i can relax from everything and i think that's why maybe i'm i'm such a strong believer in in having a decluttered house because you can really recharge the battery in your own home when you sleep well and you can easily cook a meal and you can lay your hands on a craft project that you are doing or if you you know there's there's a space and and there's place to do the things you love to do i think that's really important and then my my follow-up is how you look after your own mental well-being. Um, well, like I said, I sing. So that's really important for me. I really, I've recently picked up reading again. I, I kind of was really, my, I've got two kids. So, and they're now 12, they're just 12 and just 14. So 
for the past basically decade, reading was not very high on the list of things to do, but I've recently started reading again. We started a little book club, you know, it's, it's not all very serious, but just to pick up a book again, it's been really, really fantastic. And just to kind of get in the story and just go to a different time, a different place. I, I really enjoy that. I love watching a movie uh, and, or just, you know, like a crime series on television. You know, I, I don't have to sit in front of the telly, uh, you know, four hours every evening, but I really, you know, when you can just kind of not think about anything and just enjoy the space. But yeah, I mean, of course now, I mean, we're recording this in the middle of, you know, the lockdown. Are we going in? Are we going out? Are we still in it? Where nobody knows what's going on. So I normally socializing is a big part of my diary, but of course that that's been kind of blown out of the water a little bit, but I'm, I've been trying to walk a little bit more as well. Uh, and cycle. I'm Dutch in the end, so I have to make sure I keep cycling. Um, so if you were wondering where my accent is from, I am Dutch. Um, so yes, yeah, cycling uh, is, is always kind of the thing that I really try to do. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing those. And then my next question, often a bit of a challenge, uh, is can you describe your mindset? I thought about this long and hard, and I think what I came up with is that my glass is half full and not half empty. And I think that I really, really try to always keep in mind to see the positive of something um, and not be being keep, keeps getting stuck in the negative, but kind of go, okay, you know, yeah, I did this wrong. Okay. But what can we learn from it? How can I do it different next time? Um, okay, that went well, but how can I do it better next time? You know, with, the, with my clients as well, you know, what went well in this session? What could I have picked up and done better? I don't try to constantly give myself a hard time for making mistakes because it's not going to get you anywhere. I try to learn my lessons from it and kind of go, how can I move forward? And try to kind of focus on the, on the here and now and how are we going to move on and not kind of being stuck like, in the past all the time, because you can't change the past. There's not, you know, you come in crossroads in your life when you, you make a choice and hindsight is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Your hindsight is great, but it doesn't get you anywhere. You need to, I think, learn from those lessons and then go, okay, I made the wrong decision at the time. Okay. That wasn't a thing that wasn't very smart to do, but I am where I am now. So what am I going to do from now on? I hope that's, that makes sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And I'm absolutely right there with you on, on that. Uh, yeah. Learning the lesson, um, but not kind of sticking with it too much, but yeah. Yeah. Learning and, and kind of moving on. So yeah, completely uh, agree. So okay. my next question, and we are all about practical advice uh, on, the, on the podcast so giving people ideas of of things that they can try out for themselves uh, so I ask everyone that comes on to leave us with between one and three top tips and it's up to you whether you want to go kind of the decluttering uh, tips or whether general but do you have a top one to three tips to share with us uh, yes please and I'm gonna have I'm gonna do it about decluttering um, of okay. course <laughs> um, the first thing is if you're going to do a decluttering project, you need to prepare. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to declutter now. And because you're going to set yourself up for not finishing the project. Uh, 
And that's one of the things that's really, really important in our membership is where we say, okay, you need to prepare yourself, you need to prepare your body, and you need to prepare your space. And for example, if you decide I'm going to do a decluttering project, make sure you've got some bags and boxes ready. And it sounds almost like a no-brainer, but what, what happens if people say, okay, I'm going to do my wardrobe today. They kind of fling open their wardrobe, start pulling stuff out, and then they go, oh, where am I going to put the stuff I no longer want? And that's when they walk off to go, oh, I need some bags, or I need a box, or I'm going to use an empty Ikea bag. They walk off, then they walk past the washing machine. Oh, I should have hung up this load of laundry that I forgot. Let me hang up that load of laundry. And then like, wow, it's really thirsty. Well, I made myself a glass of water. And then half an hour goes and they're like, oh, I was decluttering my wardrobe. So you need to prepare yourself. And one of those preparation is getting some boxes ready. There's loads of things you need to do. It's not difficult, but you will save time and you will have much better success in your uh, project. The second top tip, I already mentioned it, you really, really have to break down your projects. You can't say, I'm going to sort out my house. I'm going to decline my whole house. You have to break it down. You can start, I don't know, with your cutlery drawer in your kitchen this evening. You know, when, when the potatoes are boiling, your meat's in the oven, and you're boiling the veg, you can go, let me just put my knives and forks separately and put them nicely in my, in my drawer. That's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about massive projects all the time. You can do, you know, let me check the date on my Marmite tomorrow morning or my, or my Nutella or my cereals when I'm having breakfast. Is this still a day? Do I actually like this stuff? Or why is it still in my house? Small steps, but on a regular basis. That is going to, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the third thing, don't set out to do it perfectly because you get hung up on, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. Decluttering is a process. You're better off doing something than nothing at all. It might not be the perfect space yet. It might not be the perfect container. It might not be the perfect cupboard. But if you've decluttered a couple of bits and you kind of have to start to think about where am I going to want to put this, that's the start. Awesome. Thank you for those. And, uh, you know, I had in my head uh, before before this conversation, I was going to take a week off and declutter my house. And I'm rethinking that strategy now. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a week off, Hannah, for sure. You can have a week yeah. off, but you don't have to do five days of full decluttering. <laughs> I mean, it's probably even better. I'd be like, well, yeah, because then I'll burn out. So I'll just do half a day and then have yeah. four and a half days off. <laughs> yeah. Read a book. Read yeah. the books you've been meaning to. And, and, yes. and give yourself that permission. Yeah. Uh, it made me chuckle when you said about checking uh, the dates of things. And you mentioned Nutella. I love Nutella. Nutella never goes out of date in my house because it is eaten <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. So, uh, um, and that brings me nicely to, no, can't talk, brings me nicely to my final question, which is where people can connect with you and Leslie and find the Declutter Hub. And obviously you mentioned your membership, if you could tell us more about that. So that if anyone listening is like, oh, I really really want to find out more um, and really uh, kind of tackle that decluttering, where can we find you? 
Oh, thank you, Hannah. Um, well, we are on the declutterhub.com website uh, where you can also find our podcast. We've got a podcast all about decluttering and organizing. So if you're listening to this, you are a podcast lover, hopefully. So come in and listen into our podcast as well. Um, we have a fantastic Facebook group called the Declutter Hub Community. We'd love to see you there. And if you are like, you know what, Ingrid's right. I need to make this a marathon and not a sprint. And I want to become a member and I want to have support and motivation and help from other people and from Leslie and Ingrid. Check out members.declutterhub.com for all the details. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And we'll absolutely link in the show notes so that people can find you nice and easily from there. Thank you so much. I've, I've loved this for many reasons. One, I've just loved chatting with you like person to person. It's been, it's been great fun. And then two also <laughs> is, is very timely, uh, as I said, for me, as it's something that I've been thinking about. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and sharing your wisdom with us. So thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. And I hope I've inspired you. And um, we uh, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks again to Ingrid. Um, and there were a few things listening back to this I thought <laughs> were very funny. Um, the floor drobe, um, I did clear it during lockdown. It is back a little bit. So uh, that is something um, for me to tackle. And uh, the one in one out idea <laughs> with books. Um, I've not done that. And I have got at least five new books for Christmas. Um, probably more. I know there is another one in the post. <laughs> it's way to me and I haven't got rid of any. Um, so, yeah there we go but also the mention of running um was was amusing and I've mentioned before about running and not being a massive fan of running and thinking about running and actually I in sort of November December was thinking I'm doing CrossFit I'm doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and actually I think running could be really good cross training for the other fitness that I'm doing Um, and I kind of I wouldn't call myself an athlete but I kind of now I've established that basic habit I guess now I'm thinking about improving my performance so I went from 2018 not exercising at all really bad leg back pain that kind of thing 2019 was really laying the foundations and then this year has been a kind of funny year of of, uh, doing stuff by myself but also really missing the, the exercise from a mental health perspective but also from a, a physical perspective. So I kind of feel like that took like maybe a year and a half, two years to really get that habit in place of really feeling the benefit of exercise. And I guess now my focus is I want to really do well at them and um, yeah, be a bit more athletic. So I kind of thought maybe running would be a good kind of cardio um, cross training so I was thinking about it and then I've got a group of friends from the gym who are amazing and we've got a group chat they all go running and I don't and so it's a little bit of like oh, almost makes me want to start running but they're off like running you know 15 20k <laughs> at a time so I'm a long way from that but I'd been starting to think about well I'll run and then we went into tier three so the gyms couldn't do the classes I normally would um they're just open mat so I kind of thought well all right so through January I will do that but I will also do some running and kind of focus on kind of core and strength stability flexibility all that kind of stuff more and then we went into tier four and the gyms are shut completely and conveniently 
that happened the day that my running trainers arrived that I'd ordered. So I have not yet gone out starting couch to 5k, but it is on my, um, my to-do list. And I, I guess I'm not really sure what the, uh, what the point is of this little, little story, but I guess exercise is something that we talk about a lot on the podcast, that it can be really beneficial for mental health, but it's really important to find the right type for you, the one that you enjoy. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's enjoyable to start with, um, but but finding something that you enjoy. So it's not you kind of beating yourself up and forcing yourself to do something, that there is some kind of joy inherent within it. But still, it takes time to lay that foundation. It could be up to a year. It could, um, your change isn't instantaneous. And I'm not saying that I'm going to become a runner or a, I don't know, marathon runner or, or whatever. But I think the way I'm thinking about running now compared to the way I've thought about it before is very different. Before it was uh, to lose weight or to be healthy or it was a challenge to myself to to prove I could do the thing that I didn't really want to do. And now it's kind of actually about seeing the the benefits to other areas of my life and I can kind of draw on the fact that, you know, those those other things to start with maybe were difficult and now I feel the benefits. So it's that kind of you know, piling up of benefits or something like that. So anyway, uh, wherever you are in your own health, well-being, fitness or whatever, just um, I guess, you know, this was our word of last year. I guess it's going to be the word of this year, kindness to others, but to yourself that being kind to yourself wherever you are at, not beating yourself up, meeting yourself where you are, and possibly challenging yourself. Like that's something I've, I've talked about before of that line between being kind to yourself and cutting yourself some slack. But sometimes you need to push yourself because, you know, sometimes I am just being lazy and can't be bothered. And so, you know, I, the last couple of days I've been swimming in the river. It is cold. It is, uh, this morning was 5.7 degrees Celsius um 5.5 yesterday and the two days before new year's eve new year's day i literally just dipped in my legs because well i well i didn't just dip in i stood for like 10 minutes probably not even that long a couple of minutes in and i wasn't ready to to swim but i kept kind of going back because i love the river and yesterday i swam a bit today i swam a bit and it's such a mental game because physically you know to start with it was not comfortable and it took me a while to acclimatize but physically I could do it. Obviously you have to be to be mindful of your limits so that you're not putting your body under too much stress, but physically it was fine. It was the mental, um, of it being cold and having to sort of count myself in and sometimes like, okay, <laughs> three, two, one, we're going in. And then I wouldn't. And then, so it is a real sometimes mental thing. Um, and I think you have to be in, in the right headspace to be able to challenge yourself like that. You know, if I was feeling really low, I wouldn't be able to do that self-talk to be like, come on, we, we've got this, we can do it. But because I'm in a pretty good headspace, I'm on, on the right side of that line that I can push myself. And today, yeah, I had probably about 10 minutes in the water. Um, I didn't really swim that far, to be honest. It was quite a good flow, but... I felt great afterwards and I'm, I'm still kind of acclimatizing to the winter because I hadn't really been since November and the temperatures changed quite a bit. So I guess this is another rambling story about 
being kind to yourself that sometimes you, it's really self-awareness isn't it it's checking in where am I at am I not wanting to do this thing because I really cannot do it you know I'm not in the headspace for it today it is too much effort to even kind of think about it or is it that it's kind of fear or it's it's something and I just being a bit lazy or it's going to be difficult and I don't want to do it and actually I can talk myself into it and I can encourage myself and even that isn't easy but it's, it's a different kind of feeling to it is just too much mentally at the moment um, and so I think having that self-awareness to check in with yourself to see which of those things it is and not being afraid to push yourself when it is appropriate to do so and for me with running I am pretty sure <laughs> I'm gonna have to do a lot of that self-talk and encouraging because it's not something that comes naturally to me and it's something that's going to take effort but hopefully the ultimate outcome uh, will be worth it and maybe I'll get to a point when I enjoy it I don't know I'm gonna stop rambling now but hopefully within all of that there is something that you that you can kind of take from it um, I would love to know what your hopes are for the year, if you've set yourself any goals, what it is that you are focusing on. And if you haven't got something around your well-being and self-care, then I would encourage you to think of something for yourself that is nurturing yourself. But for all of us, wherever in the world you're listening, I hope that 2021 is a good year. However, however it plays out, whatever happens, um, I hope that it is a good year for you and that you you really reach a, a deeper place of a deeper place in your relationship with yourself because I think that is so important to all our other relationships and stuff. And I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode because I think the space, the environment that we're in has a massive impact on our emotions and how we're feeling. I know for myself, as I mentioned, it absolutely does. Have a good couple of days. We will be back on Wednesday when we're diving into relationships. It feels like we've been talking about relationships a lot recently, um, but I think really important. So particularly romantic relationships. So join us on Wednesday for that. And if you have enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy the show, please do rate, review and share. It really means a lot. And we'll speak to you Wednesday. Take care for now.